Well, with a huge influx in first home buyers entering the market, we're going to re reveal the top five blunders and what to avoid. Stay tuned. Let's discuss in more detail. Good morning. Morning, Zan. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. How are you, Billy? Good. Keen to throw some more aces. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's true though. I found that over the last couple of months, in particular, I'm certainly seeing a huge spike in the amount of first home buyers we're seeing entering the market. Yeah, there's been some really, really um, good government incentives recently put in place, helping first home buyers um, get their first property quicker. Um, for some people, it actually enabled them to get kind of the dream property. Previously, they might only be able to get into a one bedroom, then the door opened up for a two bedroom. So I think people are making moves now. Um, I'm sure it's on a lot of people's New Year's resolution cards to um, try and get their first property. Yeah. And um, we're going to tell you some of the top five blunders we see to help um, navigate around the tricky world of buying a property, just like this guy behind us on his little scooter <laughs> without, <laughs> without falling down a hole and uh, get it right the first time because it should be an enjoyable process and how exciting. It, it, you're right, it should be enjoyable. I mean, you do have a, a lot of legwork to do. There's a lot of preparation that you need to do in the background as well. And I mean, running from property to property every Saturday, every Wednesday, it can become quite overwhelming. It can all just mush in together. So we're gonna break it down and really reveal the things that, that you need to consider and really need to plan in the background before you find your dream property. Properties generally tend to move quite quickly. Yeah. So it would be a shame if you haven't done that research and you find that dream property and it just falls through because you haven't followed our little five tips. Well, <clears throat> I reckon guys, if you do these five tips and you do it well, you're not gonna have the stress um, of worrying about this later on when you get to the point you end up putting a deal together. So Love tip it. number one um, would be inadequate finance, financial preparation. And what we really mean by that is getting your pre-approval right from the beginning. Um, you've got to sometimes talk to a broker or a banker for this, yeah. not so much your real, real estate agent, but they're going to help you get your finance in place uh, with, with a conditional loan uh, where you can borrow up to a certain number depending on you know, your circumstance. And um, that's gonna give you a rough idea of what property you can, you, know, you can buy. And from there, you're gonna be a much more uh, qualified you know, buyer knowing exactly what you can afford. You're not gonna be wasting your time running around with properties in different price points, stretching yourself or worrying about what's above or below your budget. I definitely think that this is the number one mistake that a lot of first home buyers make. They're out there doing that legwork and they find the property that they really like and then they just can't move on that because they don't have that approval over the line or they haven't even commenced that conversation with their broker. Uh, as real estate agents ourselves, we have connections in the industry as well. So if you do need to be looped in with a broker that we highly recommend, we've got a couple in, in our books, yeah. don't hesitate to ask your real estate agent as well. They'll be able to loop you in with some contacts. Yeah, absolutely. And when I'm talking to some of these first-time buyers at our open homes, I say, have you got your pre-approval? They might reply and say, I'm just in the research phase. That's okay. A pre-approval lasts for 90 days, three months. 
so you can do your research phase alongside getting your pre-approval sorted. And that way, when as Anthony said, you do find the right place, you're not working backwards, scrambling, um, you know, crazily to try and get this all pulled together. You've actually got everything ready to go. Agreed. Yeah. Tip number two. Am I saying or you? I'm going to say this one. <laughs> so overlooking any hidden costs. Uh, this is certainly a big one that we see as well. So if you're out there looking at properties and you neglect to account for any additional expenses, these might include uh, stamp duty, land tax, whether or not there's any strata levies that are upcoming or planned for an apartment complex. Um, you really need to plan these into, into your finances as well before you make an offer on a property because these can really come back in the background to bite you in the bum. Yeah, obviously legal fees as well. If you're um, engaging a solicitor or a conveyancer, there's tends to be about $1,500 to $2,000, um, you know, for their services there as well. So just make sure you've, you know, you understand those uh, maybe not hidden costs, but additional costs um, in the process and just leave some money aside for that. You know, also renovations. You don't want to maybe uh, go all the way to your maximum if you need to do a little bit of renovation, particularly in these entry-level price points. Um, we're going to get into this in the next bit, but, you know, there will be work to do. And um, don't be worried about that, but obviously leave some money aside. Well, real estate's a long game, right? So long as you get your foot in the door, once you own that property, you've got as much time in the world as you like to really add that value to the property down the line. It doesn't all need to happen immediately. So long as you can open the door and call the place home and it's, and it's livable, you can do those renovations. You can do that cosmetic upkeep internally down the line. It doesn't need to all happen at once. So don't feel like it does as well. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Just relax. You've got the property. Yeah. And then maybe make a five-year plan, 10-year plan, whatever it looks like for you to do those cosmetic updates. Yeah, 100%. And that's number three, chasing perfection on a limited budget. You framed it up really well before. Champagne taste on a beer budget. <laughs> Guys, there will be work to do in your first property. Don't worry about that. It's not a problem. As Anthony said, it's the long game you've got to worry about here. The key to a good property is a good, you know, solid four walls and a nice roof above your head, um, somewhere that you can call home. So um, I think if you get seven out of 10 of your, of your boxes ticked, you're onto a winner. We never find 10 out of 10. We are selling properties at all different price points. And even at the high end, these luxury buyers always have something to change. It doesn't yeah. matter what budget you're spending. I think the only way to work around that is build your own property. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? If you're chasing a 10 out of 10 property, you're really looking for a unicorn and you're going to severely limit the properties uh, that you might see yourself in down the line. Um, so seven out of 10 certainly is good. And I always say, look, judge a property based on its location as well. You can change anything internally to the property that you like, but you can't change a property's location. 100%. Yeah, so correct. Number four? Ignoring the future needs. So you've got a property, but then what's happening down the line? Are you having an expanding family? Uh, do you see yourself relocating jobs? Uh, is there any other major life event coming up that could mitigate or to kind of change where you're going in your property? Yeah. So don't worry about your, I know this sounds a bit counterintuitive, but don't worry about your end game, you know, where you're going to end up. It doesn't need to be your forever home, your first property. I think buying something in a really good location, as Anthony said, is the important factor here because this could become a potential investment property down the line. So 
worry about what's going to offer that sort of hybrid flexibility. Yeah. You can live in it for a few years. It caters to your needs at the moment, but you're not going to have trouble renting it out down the line. That's what you've got to focus on. You don't want to buy something that you're going to be stuck with um, and only holding for the moment that it serves purpose, you know, for a year or two. You want yeah. something that's going to you know, last longer. I couldn't have said it better myself. So let's just throw an example out there. Um, Billy and I are a couple. We've been <laughs> together for five years. So it's kind of that time that, you know, we're thinking about our future down the line, but we buy a studio apartment uh, yep. that's maybe 35 square meters internal. So it's a tiny little shoebox. That would be a prime example of not really planning for those future needs. Uh, there's two grown adults living in that property. It's time to start planning for a family. Um, and that property wouldn't serve our immediate needs in the future all that well. Yeah, I think in that case, borrow to your lending capacity. If you can get yourself maybe a one bedroom or one bedroom plus study, um, obviously you're gonna buy yourself a little bit more time and then you're going to be um, opening yourself up to a larger uh, prospective tenant pool when you come to renting out that property. So where you can, push yourself that extra mile and um, you'll, you'll you know, receive dividends long term in the, you know, in, the, uh, end, in the end game. And last but not least, drum roll, our final <laughs> closing top tip that you really need to tick over in the background uh, is just don't avoid skipping through that market research in the background. Understand what's happening in the neighborhood, understand marketing market trends, and start to really get a feel for property values. This will really help you understand what's happening in the neighborhood you're thinking about buying before you put that offer down. You can also see that growth trajectory that's going to inevitably happen over time as well. Yeah, your research also includes doing your strata report, um, if you're buying a house, doing your building and pest, looking at the, you know, the property from a, a larger view, um, more than just what's inside the apartment. Um, that's really important. You've obviously got to factor in if there's any work coming up over the long term. You don't want to get stuck with something that's, uh, you know, you're not, not going to be able to service on a quarterly basis. So looking at the cash flow. Um, but that really is it. Don't overthink it. I think with these five tips, you're going to be in a really good buying position. If you need any help we're here we'd love to be a part of your search absolutely you'll be like this ninja behind us scooting around yeah. <laughs> open <laughs> homes missing all the pitfalls and um getting it right the first time yeah and i know i speak on behalf of billy and myself in saying that we both are quite fond and passionate of really helping those first home buyers find that property uh here in the market and put their first offer in so if you've got any questions at all or would just like to chat or talk about even how to negotiate prices as well, certainly don't hesitate to get in contact. We're here to help. Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. Hope this See helps See you guys. Someone. Bye. See ya.